Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Our guest today is Malcolm Bruce, CEO of Edmonton Global. Malcolm, you were our very first guest on our very first podcast. It's been a year now, so we thought it would be fitting to bring you back on. Thanks for being here. Well, <laughs> thanks very much for having me again. It's uh, It's been a journey over this last year. We're listening to both of you on the radio and all the guests you've interviewed, so I feel quite privileged, so thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, so let's talk about this year, 2022. Uh, tell us maybe first about... Your, what are your highlights from the year? Actually, you know, 2022 has been a, a bit of a pivotal year for us. One of the, the key attributes we wanted to try and challenge the community with was two aspects. One is helping us bring more of the world to the Edmonton metropolitan region. Um, and we did that through various means, conferences and the like. And the other one was to uh, build momentum around the domestic ecosystem. So how do we bring businesses, the political, the academia, all the parts of our ecosystem in alignment to, to really speak about the opportunities of the future and how they can help mobilize, amplify, and actually create better outcomes for us all. So those were really the, the two big themes of last year, which I really think uh, we were able to drive to those uh, kind of outcomes. Yeah, so when you're talking about bringing those things together. I think you're talking about forward slash, right? And um, that was a huge event for our region. Uh, There was a lot of excitement in the room, a lot of swagger. What were your key takeaways from that event? Well, first of all, I I think the team did uh, an amazing job. But I think people don't realize that actually we had achieved success on bringing that regional alignment and harmonization together even before the event kicked off on the 28th of September because you brought 40 organizations plus to the partnership table to organize it. So we were already getting alignment of where people saw the region in Mm -hmm. the future. And then in addition to all the partners that stepped up to help participate in some role or shape or form or another in that event. So... I think it achieved the aim even before we had it, but the energy and the momentum coming out of that was tremendous. And we see that continuing to this day. So one of the outcomes was connecting with all those businesses that showed up, almost a thousand people were there and said, hey, we'd like you to continue to play a part in this movement. How are you gonna help us do that? And now we've been organizing a series of tables. We ran the first one on talent and, uh, and skills. Um, and then we had an agriculture one. So what we're doing now is starting to parse that out and figuring out how do we actually activate what we want as an outcome for the, for the future. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ver- I was very excited just by the energy in the room, but I was really pleased with the outcomes of that and the forward momentum that we're going now carrying on this year and into next Absolutely. Yeah, I really like how it's not just, you know, an event for an event and then it was done. It was it was nice. It is, it's, it's really cool to see the snowball effect now. And, and I was at that food and agriculture roundtable. And yeah, it was very informative. Um, 
and people still want to get more involved and keep going and, and, and figure out how to move the needle in the region to be more globally competitive and, and grow the economy. For sure. So let's talk deals, Malcolm, because that's your favorite <laughs> thing to talk about. I think the thing that you're always saying we're driving towards in terms of outcomes. Can you talk about some of the deals that were landed in the Edmonton region this year? Yeah, I, I um, again, is you know, how are you judged? You're judged on deals, right? And 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 it's uh, it's our favorite thing to talk about in the organization, I know, but ultimately it is about how do we radically transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton metropolitan region. One of the best ways to do that is through foreign direct investment, but also in helping companies get into the market export space. Right. And I'll talk about the latter a little later on, but I think the uh, the foreign direct investment is a key component of bringing additional dollars into the region to expand or relocate or build new uh, here. So some of the big deals that we got in that we can talk about, because some are still confidential, right. uh, but essentially we had um, a, a green technology company out of Norway come in and establish a subsidiary here uh, called Varmi, and they are really waste energy. So right. they're about taking waste that, uh, that they want to burn uh, and create energy and then capture the carbon from the burning process in the ground. Right, it's and that's a key piece. That's really why they were attracted here because we right. can actually do it here. Yeah, so again, these enabling technologies that are in another energy system, which is essentially the production of hydrogen or other uh, hydrocarbon fuels, are allowing us to actually do something different using the same technology. That's what's exciting about this is that we can take something from one sector, move it into another sector, and continue to benefit from that one sort of technology. So carbon captures it. Mm -hmm. So Varmi was a big one, because that's about a $480 million opportunity. The head office was established in the Edmonton region, and now there's going to be facilities built, probably two here, that will actually produce the energy from waste and capture the carbon here. So very excited about that. But it's not just a, as always about energy because there's a, a, a variety of other things that have happened. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is our diversity of the sectors that decided to invest in the Edmonton metropolitan mm -hmm. region. So mm -hmm. it's not just energy, it's agriculture, it's technology, it's health and life science. So another one is a technology company in the health and life science space but they are they're using a blend of all these things and they're uh, Vibram that they're called Vibrome right. uh, and they basically use sensor technology so think about the way your heart moves there's a vibration that comes off your heart well they can now test for that through their technology that allows them to have a better accurate reading on the health of your system and what's beautiful about this technology is it's not just for humans. Right. They can actually deploy it into uh, animal health as well. So again, here, this transfer of technology. So yeah. um, those were two that we had some uh, impact in and we had a hand in helping uh, land here. But there are other deals that are happening around the region that we don't necessarily have a direct involvement with, but we love to amplify it because it demonstrates investor confidence in this region. So one of them was recently was Cywin Foods. Right. Uh, they're expanding their plant. They've already got a plant here, uh, but they're now going to expand it threefold and invest $54 million plus a number of new jobs. And then there's also uh, the Dow Chemical announcement up in Fort Saskatchewan, which again, not our involvement, but boy, we love to amplify that story. That one's huge. Mm -hmm. Massive. Upwards of uh, another $12 billion worth of uh, capital exercise or CapEx to go into that. So 
I, like I said, I feel very strong about the uh, the opportunities in the region, and what really excites me is the investors see the same value proposition we are promoting, uh, whether it be us or somewhere else, they're getting it here in the region. Um, absolutely. So you mentioned hydrogen a little bit. Um, let's talk about the hydrogen conference because that was also another really big event um, that Edmonton Global was involved in. Yeah, it's it's that one came to be together very quickly, and I will say that I, you know, we had this initial conversation in September yeah. of 2021. Said, hmm, we think we can. Uh, we talked to uh, one of the event organizers, DMG, and we said, what would it take to do it here? Said fifty thousand dollars. So Mustafa, our EVP of uh, trade and investment, says, "Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> We're in." And uh, we thought, eh, we'll get a, you know, a few hundred people here. It's the first one, COVID, all the rest of it. Well, as we know, uh, in the end, it was over 4,000 people showed up, 20 different countries. It was a tremendous event. It was the largest hydrogen convention in North America. Yep. And now the momentum's there. One, because production in the Canadian context at scale to meet global demand is going to happen in the Edmonton metropolitan region. But what's exciting about it, it's not just about the export markets, but, but how do we use hydrogen in the energy transition space to actually create a lower, or a lower, lower carbon economy that is going to drive demand, new technologies, green tech, all the rest of that capitalizing on things like carbon capture and storage again. Yeah. So um, next year or this year, we're looking to, to hopefully double the size of that. We're right. looking at about 8,000 people that should be here. But this is this event brought the world to the Edmonton region. And what most people don't understand is it was about hydrogen, but it was about so much more. Right. It was about culture. It was about emotional connection. It was about uh, actually exploring opportunities around agriculture and other things that have now been benefits from that conference. And just to give you a, a quick example, we had a certain level of deal flow. So you have this funnel of potential deals coming into the region. Well, it expanded by 30 after that, that conference, right? So there's 30 more potential it's getting investments. getting that attention, Correct. right? Correct, yeah. And what's exciting about that conference is it's going to be here for at least the next nine years. Correct. Um, and we have big plans to grow that to like a 40,000 person event. So I'm very excited to see how it evolves. Me uh, too. Let's talk a little bit about trade. So. Um, Edmonton Global has started to activate on that mandate, uh, part of its sort of strat strategy. Can you talk about that? Yeah, trade is that sort of, uh, uh, sadly, it was something that we hadn't been able to activate fully over the last couple of years. We just didn't have the capacity, but now we do. So we've hired our director of trade. And really what it does, it gives us a focal point, not only to help companies actually export out so where do you go and mm -hmm. who do you need to talk to so it's kind of a one-stop concierge shop for businesses that are interested or have uh, a question about how do I get into the the Middle East market or how do I go into the Asian Pacific market or how do I even trade with the US right, right. or more basically how do I trade with Saskatchewan yeah, or BC that's right yeah. so this now gives us a focal point under Manisha Aurora who's now our new director of uh, trade but it also helps us to activate other components like the Port Alberta so Port Alberta is this visualization of this envisioned sort of large and in inland port under the auspices of Port Alberta that will do things like activate the free trade zone or the foreign trade zone, which is an import export opportunity for companies. So you can import something from somewhere else, 
value added and mm -hmm. then export it as a value added Canadian commodity. And as most people should be aware of, Canada is the only G7 country in the world that has uh, trading arrangements with all the other G7 countries, plus a number of the Asian Pacific. So that gives us a customer base of about 1.5 billion Massive, people. Yeah. 1.5 billion. So. And Malcolm, aren't we just really well set up in the region as well, not just because of the foreign trade zone and the policy, but in terms of you know rail access and, and air access? Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Our geographic location is an actual strength. And most people go, oh my goodness, you're in northern part of Canada. Yeah, and that's a great place to be for us. Yeah. So first of all, movement in and out of our west coast ports through into the North American market, funnel through Edmonton because it's virtually uncongested from the ports to us. Mm -hmm. And then once you connect into the Edmonton region, you get access to road, rail, and ale at the domestic market to service North America. So that's one. Our airport and its connectedness to Asia, we're that much closer to the Asian markets and all the other major airports in North America. So if you fly uh, a shorter route to get to the Edmonton region instead of Vancouver, First of all, you're 1,400 kilometers on this side of the Rocky Mountains. And second of all, you're now into this connectedness of unconstrained trucking, you know, uh, unconstrained rail, uh, and then also into the domestic airline market. Uh, the two rail lines, uh, CN and CP, and as you know, CP is about to connect to Mexico. Right. And CN connects to all the East Coast. So we have tremendous connectedness with North America on our our rail network uh, and it's one of the few places in Western Canada that they both connect. The other one is in Canloops where CN and CP connect and then finally on our road network the Canamex road which is the road that draws from northern Canada all the way down to Mexico starts here in our region so right. uh, all these things I think uh, give us a tremendous uh, advantage so when we talk about young educated growing and connected that connected really piece is because of it. Yeah, um, there's a lot been happening at our airport this year too. Like they're really building out their cargo capacity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two big investment announcements made by the federal government in partnership with the uh, uh, YEG, the new nomenclature for the airport, yeah. uh, is uh, the $36 million building out of six more cargo airports aprons, let me say that correctly, aprons, that will take the widest body cargo planes in the world. And that coupled with the investment by Shell Aviation two years ago to establish 4 million liters worth of diesel holding makes us an ideal site uh, for cargo logistics. And then the more recent announcement of a $100 million grant, which is one of the largest federal government grants ever issued yeah. to the airport to unlock the 2,000 acres in the south part of the airport is a huge enabler for us in terms of transportation logistics. It's very exciting. Yeah, so we have a uh, hydrogen convention. We have lots going on in this global logistics and supply chain space. It's very exciting. What else are you looking forward to next year? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, I'm looking forward to more of the hydrogen. Uh, but one of, one of the things the, uh, that's coming out of the hydrogen is we know we have some challenges around infrastructure to meet the global demand for hydrogen. So we've got to work on the infrastructure piece to get a product to market. So how do we get the product from here where it will be produced at scale to meet global demand? So that's a, a, a work in progress with the province of Alberta, the federal government, and a number of other agencies to find a way to do that. Um, the other one is how do you build demand here so we can build the actual hydrogen economy in the Edmonton metropolitan region. We set up the first Edmonton region hydrogen hub with a number of partners. They set that up and we're part of it. So we're looking at a 5,000 vehicle challenge. So 
we're going to throw it out there, get businesses to help us develop what it looks like, uh, look for some money to help us accelerate uh, from the federal government. But essentially what we want to do by 2027 is have 5,000 hydrogen-fueled vehicles. Now it will be dual fuel, so that means diesel and hydrogen blended together, as well as uh, single-fuel vehicles as they come on stream probably by 2024. So we want the first 5,000 vehicles converted to hydrogen by 2027. And what that does, it shows a demand, which then incentivizes private sector business to build the infrastructure like fueling stations. Right. And then as more fueling stations come online, more vehicles come online. So we're moving to a low carbon economy and we're moving to uh, lower GHG emissions plus providing excellent uh, uh, incentives for companies to be able to transition their fleets, whether it's trucks, buses, you know, or any other fleet that may be a hydrogen-based fleet. Yeah, I'm so excited to see us position ourselves as, you know, helping Canada reach their net zero targets. Like, that's very exciting for our region. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, maybe one of my favorite stories from the year, because it's our Edmonton Global's first ever final investment decision, Polycar, um, had their grand opening just recently. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate to be uh, be there for it. Uh, and if you ever meet Amir and his family, and there is a man that is uh, committed, but also just a good human being, right? And when we first met with him back in 2019, um, when he was leading up to a final investment decision, he what he mentioned and what he commented on was just the community. And he loved being here. He felt people were supportive. He thought they were helpful. And that's why he invested here. Yeah. And the, the beauty is that, that, that it takes a long time. It's a journey, right? So when you talk about investor aftercare, final investment decision was in June. Ground baking was in, Ju in 2021 in the summer. And now the grand opening 18 months later happened in December of 2022. But at that groundbreaking, he also, or not the groundbreaking, at the opening, he indicated that they've just purchased an uh, acre and a half just to the north of the site. So he's already Wonderful. thinking about just growth. expansion and growth. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I really like about his story is how invested he's been in the community. So when they did the groundbreaking, he announced funding for the University of Alberta for a micro-credential program. Like he's invested in the community and now he's part of the mayor's new business advisory council. So it's not just, you know, the money coming in, but he's helping to build the region up in other ways too yeah i completely agree that's such a, a a strong point they are this is what it is about community right this is what makes us i think our region particularly welcoming is its inclusiveness and welcoming feel that we get so whether it's amir or whether it's new canadians i mean if you think about our region right now uh on terms of immigrants we have a stickiness here that's not elsewhere right. uh, over 80 almost 85 percent of all new immigrants that come into our region stay in our region they don't move elsewhere right so they they find that inclusiveness and welcoming vibe in this community that you don't get in most other places yeah yeah above average here yeah um anything else you'd like to mention to malcolm uh to listeners malcolm well i think the listeners should get, take a couple things away from what last year looked like and where we're going into next year first of all there is momentum around a number of these things we've talked about health and life science global logistics hydrogen artificial intelligence, uh, and also food and agriculture, right? There have been some deals that we've had in the food and egg space that really buoy me to say that we're finally getting to where we want to be, which is value-added agriculture. We do, the, we do the ground root stuff or the grassroots stuff really, really well. So how do we elevate our game? 
So that's one. The second thing is um, I want people to really believe that we are globally competitive. Like yeah. we, we can lead in these spaces. And yeah. I think we're demonstrating it day on day. And I look forward to seeing that grow over the next year or two because I think the world is watching and they're starting to notice that we are, uh, we've got what they want. Food security, energy security, you name it, we can do it here. I like the swagger. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Malcolm. Um, yeah, it's been a great year. I'm so grateful to be at Edmonton Global. It's just such a, um, it's such an optimistic space to work in, um, to see the potential and even start to get realized to your point, Sherry, with, you know, Polycar, you know, deals that have been landed. Now they're opening, we're landing more deals. It's just a very exciting time to be in the Edmonton region. Absolutely. Thanks for coming back. Well, thank you. But I will, before I, before oh. I go, I, I just... I don't want to cut the <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I just want to say, though, but the reason we can make it work is because of team members like you, right? Yeah. And and it's it's your commitment. It's your vision. I mean, it's fire and forget for me. So I just think that it's members like you on the team that make all this possible. So I just want to thank you and the rest of the team for all the hard work that you have done over this last year and all the work you're about to do as well. <laughs> Thanks for that, Mel. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about Economic Development Matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off.